Hello and welcome to Drink In and Geek Out, the show where we drink beer and talk about it. This week I am your host, Saf, and this is my light episode. I will be talking about Iron Fist, the character, the comics, and the Netflix series. While I do that, I am drinking a beer from New Holland Brewing. It's called Mad Hatter. It's a Midwest India Pale Ale. And I will get to the review of that a little later. Uh, But first, I'm going to talk about the character of Iron Fist and some of his history. Um, Iron Fist, as far as the comics go, um, was created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Iron Fist first appeared in Marvel premiere number 15 in May 1974. The character is a practitioner of martial arts and the wider and the wielder, sorry, of a mystical force known as the Iron Fist, which allows him to summon and focus his chi. He starred in his own solo series in the 70s and shared the title Power Man and Iron Fist for several years with Luke Cage partnering with Cage to form the superhero team Heroes for Hire. The character has starred in numerous solo titles since, including the immortal Iron Fist, which expanded on the origin, story, and history of the Iron Fist. Okay, so some of his abilities, he is a master master martial artist, the Iron Fist, a concentration of his chi in his fist, greatly enhanced physical attributes, healing powers, and telepathic mind fusion. Um, in the comics, here's a little bit of his bio. If you haven't watched the series, this this is going to be full of spoilers. The, actually, the spoilers will come later for the Netflix series. The bio is a little bit different in the comics. Daniel Rand was born in New York City. He was the son of Wendell Rand, who, as a boy, happened upon the myth- mystical city of Kunlun. During his time in Kunlun, Wendell saved the life of the city's ruler, Lord Tawn, and was adopted as Tawn's son. However, Wendell eventually left Kunlun and became wealthy entrepreneur in the United States. He married socialite Heather Duncan and had a child, Daniel. Wendell later organizes an expedition to again seek out Kunlun, seeking his wife, taking his wife Heather, his business partner Harold Meacham, and nine-year-old Daniel. During the journey up the mountain, Daniel slips off the path, taking his mother and father with him. Meacham, who also loves Heather, forces Wendell to plunge to his death, but offers to rescue Heather and Daniel. She rejects him. Heather and Daniel come across a makeshift bridge that appears out of nowhere and are attacked by a pack of wolves. Heather throws herself on the wolves to save Daniel and is killed even as Archer... Archers from Kunlun attempt to save her life. Archers take the grieving Daniel to see UT, the hooded ruler of Kunlun. When Daniel expresses his desire for vengeance, UT apprentices him to Lee Kang, Lee Kang, the Thunderer, who teaches him the martial arts. Daniel proves to be the most gifted of Lee, Lee Kung's students. Rand conditions his fists by plunging them into buckets of sand, gravel, rock, and rock to toughen them. At 19, Daniel is given the chance to attain the power of the Iron Fist by fighting and defend, defeating the dragon Shulao, the Undying, he guard, who guards the molten heart that had been torn from its body. 
Guessing that the heart provides life energy to Shalau through the dragon-shaped scar on his chest, Daniel covers the scar with his own body and, hung, and hangs on until Shulau collapses and dies, in the process burning a dragon tattoo on his own chest. Having killed Shulau, he enters the, its cave and plunges its fist into a brazier containing the creature's molten heart, emerging with the power of the iron fist. It is later revealed that Daniel is part of a long lineage of iron fists. When Kun Lun appears on Earth after ten years, Daniel leaves to find his father's killer. Returning to New York, Daniel Rand, dressed in the ceremonial garb of the Iron Fist, seeks out Harold Meacham, now head of Meacham Industries. After overcoming a number of attempts on his life, he confronts Meacham in his office, only to find the man legless in amputation carried out when, after abandoning Daniel and his mother, he was caught in a heavy snow and his legs became frostbitten. Meacham accepts his fate and tells Iron Fist to kill him. Overcome with pity, Iron Fist walks away. At that moment, Meacham is murdered by a mysterious ninja and, the da and his daughter Joy blames Iron Fist for his death. Eventually, Iron Fist clears his name and begins a career as a superhero aided by his friends Colin, Colin Wing and Misty Knight, the daughters of the dragon, falling in love with the latter, Misty Knight. So there you go, that's a little bit of the backstory in the comics. You can see it diverges quite a bit from the Netflix series. Uh, even like that last sentence I wrote, he fell in love with Misty Knight, not Colleen. And you might remember Misty Knight, who appeared on Luke Cage, she was like a police officer uh, in that series. Um, so let's get on to the Netflix series. The way I broke this down, I mean, it's been a month since I watched it. I wanted to let it soak in a little bit. I didn't want to give my instant review because, uh, you know, I'm always a little more excited right after I watch it. I wanted it to soak in a little bit to see what I really thought about it. So I'm forgetting, I'm probably forgetting some things and whatnot, but the way I wrote this down is I broke it down by character and kind of review each one of them, starting with Danny, who was played by Finn Jones. He was an unknown to me. I've never seen him in any other uh, series or anything. I guess he was on Game of Thrones, but I'd never watched that, so Pale will have to tell you about that, I guess. Um, I thought he was great in the very first few episodes when he played, like, the homeless guy, like, without any powers, just trying to uh, get back into his company and get back to his old life. But then when he became Iron Fist, I, he became, like, a really mopey and angry at everything. He was always, like, shaking and, like, just kind of annoying. Like, he wasn't that great as that character. He was much better as Danny Rand than he was at Iron Fist, I'll say that. Um, yeah, I wrote down his character suddenly changes from, like, a happy-go-lucky guy that's, like friends with this other homeless guy, and he's kind of like trying to get his life back in order to someone who's just always angry and like just kind of dumb. Um, and then there's his, uh, Colleen Wing, played by Jessica Hen Henwick, who is another actress or actor, I guess, that I've never seen before, and I thought she was great. She was like the best part of this. Um, like even like from the first time he meets she meets him and is like, ooh, you're creepy, stay away, but also 
I want to help you in a way. Um, I thought she was a good actor. I loved watching her as the daughter of the dragon, like, kick all those dudes' asses in the, the like, uh, cage fight thing. That was badass. And, like, towards the end, I was getting kind of annoyed with her because you find out what she's been lying this whole time. And she's actually part of the hand. But I thought the way they portrayed her was actually really cool. And then the next character I have is Ward, played by Tom Pelfrey, another guy I've never seen before. Um, they did a really good job of portraying him as an asshole, like in those first few episodes. Like, I mean, actually, like the most of the series, he's a dick, and you just want to see him die or get get what's coming to him. Like even in the flashbacks when he's like. 10 years old or 15 years old or whatever he is, you're like, God, this guy's a dick. He's always been a dick. He's still a dick. I want to see him get kicked in the dick. But then, by the end, you see what his father's been doing to him this whole time. You really feel, well, me personally, I felt kind of bad for him. And um, I started to like him a little bit more. And then there's his sister, Joy, played by Jessica Stroop. Stroop? Or Stroop? I'm not sure. Um... She was a more confusing character. At first, you're kind of like, she's more sympathetic compared to her brother. And you're like, okay, she's nice. And then the next episode, she's like, you're like, okay, maybe she's not. I don't know what her motivations are. I'm not sure what she's up to. One, one day, she's like, oh, I like Danny. The next day, oh, this guy's an idiot. And I just really don't understand if she's... a good or bad, like, even her turn at the very last, end up, end, the, like, last scene, where all of a sudden she's working with, um, Davos, or whatever, to get revenge, even though she knows her dad was, like, a bad guy, it's, like, didn't really make any sense to me, and it really kind of made me mad at the, like, when I thought about it later, and I just really have no idea what her character was doing at any point. Then, uh, moving on to Harold Meacham, played by David Wenham. This was an interesting character. Like, I thought he was a good bad guy, actually. I wanted to see him get his comeuppance, and that's kind of what makes a good bad guy. You want to see them get what's coming to them. And his turn from being kind of like just a normal guy to being like, a batshit crazy guy. That was fun to watch. And then, like, when he came back from the dead, I was like, holy shit, what is happening now? Um, that was great. And watching him get murdered by his son, oh, that was badass, because you're like, god, finally, you get what you deserve, and then he comes back to life, and then he gets killed again. It's great. Um, did he get killed again? I don't really actually remember. I thought he did, like, on that roof. I don't know. It's been a while. And then we get to see Claire, played by Rosario Dawson. She's great as always. She's been in every one of these series. Actually, I just read a news story the other day. She's not going to be in The Punisher because of scheduling conflicts, which I was kind of sad about. But I always love seeing her in these. And this series, I thought, was kind of a negative thing that she's, she was in it just because she made everyone look bad. Like, she's so far above all of these actors, and, like, she's, 
so much more well established as a character than these people in this their own series. Like I kind of get what she's where she's coming from, but I have no idea what anybody else is doing. But anyways, that's kind of my feelings on her. Then next I have Hogarth, uh, played by Carrion Moss. She is back as the lawyer character from what was she in? Jessica Jones, I believe. And I, I like her a lot. She's kind of sarcastic and mean. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned... No, I didn't. Uh, Hogarth in the comics is actually a male character. And they switched genders for the TV show, which I was kind of cool, I was kind of cool with. Um, but I like the crossover between the two series, and I'm excited to see more of her character in the future. I really like her. And then we have Madame Gao, played by Wang Ching Ho. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. I really love that character. Ever since Daredevil, I thought she's kind of like a mystery, and you get to learn more about her, which is great. Because you're like, why is this little Asian old lady so high up in this gang world and then you kind of see get hints at like does she have like powers can she see what's coming and she's also kind of like a badass fighter it's she's great I really like her and I like the lady that plays her she's so coy all the time it's great and I know I said it's great like 10 times then we have Davos uh, played by Sasha Dawan or something like that I don't know this dude is an idiot, which I guess if you've spent all your life in another plane of existence and you're finally coming to reality, I guess our reality, you it's to be expected, but God, this guy is dumb. He gets, I don't like him, at, he's so, so annoying, I feel like he's in love with Danny and doesn't want to admit it like if you watch this series again just thinking that he has like a huge crush on him really I think he's just jealous because jealous because he wanted to be the Iron Fist and Danny got it and he's kind of vowed, like vowed his life to this group of people and now he's like spent his whole life trying to become the Iron Fist and Danny kind of comes in and takes it from him but Oh, excuse me. I really could just see it as him being in love with them, and he's hurt that Danny left and went back to America without telling him. I don't know. I, I'm just annoyed by that character. And then, finally, uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember how they said it's Bakudo. Bakudo. He was played by Raymond Rodriguez, and he's kind of... Colleen's sensei, I guess is what they call it, and he's also a head of a faction of the hand. Like immediately when this dude was introduced, I was like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be a bad guy." He's very suspicious right off the bat. He kind of comes in out of nowhere, and it's just like, "No, you don't belong here." I know you're gonna end up turning on everybody, or you're using people, or something. I just knew, like, don't trust this guy. I don't know if it was his face or, like, the way he was talking or, like, because he knew just so much about everything. Um, 
but that's it for as far as the characters go. Now let me get into some of the pros and cons of the series. One of the pros is that we get more of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I love. I love all these series, I love all these characters, and I actually like the or origin story for this character. I don't really like the way they portrayed it in the series, but the fact that I didn't know anything about this character really before this series and getting to kind of learn who this guy is, I, I was excited for. Um, yeah, and the other pro is that Colleen kicks ass. Like, that's like the only other thing I have to say about that. Uh, I kind of mentioned that already. Some of the cons, the characters change from scene to scene. Uh, like, Danny will be a very happy guy, and then all of a sudden the next scene he's miserable, or uh, Joy's like a nice girl, and she's trying to help, and then all of a sudden she's a bad guy, or a bad girl, or, or like doesn't like Danny anymore. It's just, like, I have no idea who these people are, and what they're doing, because they're constantly, like, going back and forth, like, they're not well-established characters, they're just kind of, whatever moves the story along, this is your job at this point in the scene. It doesn't matter what you'd said in the last scene, now I need you to say this as this character. It's, like, not well-written enough to really live up to Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil. The acting is way over the top, mainly Danny and the Meachums. They are just such heightened characters, they don't fit in in this world. They're, like, not just bad guys, they're super bad guys, or they're not just assholes, they're super assholes, or they're not just mad, they're furious at the whole world. It's like, be more of a realistic character. You don't have to act like a psychotic cartoon character. Just be normal. Um, there's constant poor decisions. I I can't... Like, when Danny, Colleen, and um, Claire are at that building, and he's like, oh, I'm going in, or whatever. It's like, just wait, and you'll see, like, ten minutes later, oh, they show up. You, like... I don't know, it's just all over the place. It's just jumping in without thinking, like, constantly. Every one of the characters is unlikable, except for maybe Claire and Colleen. They're all kind of dipshit idiots that you don't really care what happens to them. And, um... Also, another con is that too much is said and not shown, which I think has something to do with the budget. I think they cut the budget to make room for the Defenders, which, okay, I get, but instead of, like, all of Iron Fist's backstory is pretty much just dialogue, him telling what you what's happened, there's like one or two flashbacks, but, like, it's just constantly people talking about what's happening. This is a visual medium, just show me what happened, you don't have to like, explain it all through dialogue. and. I get they didn't have the money to kind of show a lot of this stuff, so they just wrote it down and had the characters say it. But if that's the case, make it like six or eight episodes. Don't make 12 episodes or 13 episodes. I don't know. Just 
cut down on some of the episodes and give us more visually. That's all I'm trying to say. And also for uh, my final con is that for a martial arts series, the fighting is not as good as in Daredevil. Daredevil's just like a street boxer, and he's better at... And there's better, bigger... Like, the hallway scene in Daredevil is better than anything... Well, period. It's pretty much one of the best things ever. But, like, there's no really big fight scenes, or... There's, like, maybe one that's kind of... Or two that are like just short like two minute scenes where in Daredevil you got these big ass ten minutes fight scenes it's just kinda sad to see but I mean that could have something to do with the budget too I don't know I know it feels like I was shitting on this a lot which I'm I was I was kinda disappointed with it but overall I enjoyed it for what it was it had its flaws but Throughout the whole thing, I kept watching it, and I kept enjoying it, and I kept wanting to watch the next episode, so I can't really be that mad about it. It's... I just wish it was better. And hopefully, Season 2 will be better. They'll actually have more of a budget. Defenders will be done. All these other seasons will be on Season 2, and maybe it'll just get a little bit better. Hopefully. And now, talking about Season 2, I'm trying to... Think what's going to happen next. At the end, we see Davos, who is the Steel Serpent in the comic books, and Joy kind of discussing how to get rid of Danny or whatever. And also see Madame Gao, like at the table next door, kind of watching over. So it kind of has the feeling like they're going to be the bad guys of the next season. And also, Bakudo is still alive, so he could also come back into play in some way or shape or form. I'm guessing. I'm, I'm, I'm not guessing. I know he'll be back as a bad guy. But I don't know if they're all going to team up or if it's going to be like Daredevil Season 2 where there's kind of two different seasons going on. But that'll be interesting to see. Also, at the end, we see Danny and Colleen go back to Kun One and it's gone. Everybody seems to be dead. And that'll be interesting. I don't know if they'll actually go in or if it's going to be one of those things they're going to try to find out who is responsible for this and kind of get revenge on that. Because, I mean, that was his job to protect Kun Lun, and it's gone. Like, it's destroyed, basically. So I'm, I'm excited for Season 2. I hope it's better. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high because I already did that and it's sort of disappointing. But in the meantime, we've got the Defenders to look forward to. That's coming out in September. So I'm sure that'll be on the main episode. Not, We'll do a main show about that and probably talk about all these uh, different Netflix series that we have missed. So look forward to that. As far as I can tell, Danny Rand, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Colleen, Jessica Jones, Elektra, and Sigourney, Re Sigourney are, all of those are going to be in the full series. It's going to be eight episodes. Sigourney Weaver plays Alexandra, and she's going to be the villain, I guess. And she's also in eight episodes. And then we've got Claire Temple back for six episodes. Foggy, Misty Knight, and Trish back for four episodes. While Stick, Malcolm from Jessica Jones, like her neighbor... 
Hogarth and Karen Page are going to be in three episodes. So we're going to get a lot of these characters back, and I'm really excited to see all of them interact for the first time. Like Luke Cage talked to Iron Fist, and Daredevil talked to Jessica Jones. Like this is going to be cool. And it's like the first time anything like this has ever happened where four series come together to make kind of an Avengers. So I cannot wait for this. I am so, so, so excited. Like every picture, every little uh, trailer, like sneak teaser. Oh my god. I cannot wait. But as I wait for that, I'm going to continue to drink my New Holland Mad Hatter. A little bit about the brewery I have here. New Holland Brewing, the art of craft. Each bottle of our craft beer and artis artisan spirits captures a flavor, a harvest, a season, a moment in time. We honor those who put imagination, creativity, and inspiration into their work. Our beers and spirits pair perfectly with a blank canvas, fertile soil, a blinking cursor, an empty plate, or the hint of a spark in someone's eyes. The opportunity for art is everywhere. We celebrate the artist in all of us. We celebrate the art of craft. As I said, this is the Mad Hatter Midwest IPA, and their little blurb says, Mad Hatter's whimsy is celebrated with floral aromatics from assertive dry hopping and bright hoppy body. Uh, punctuated with Centennial Citra, Michigan-grown Cascade hops, citrus and pleasant bitterness excite your palate before welcoming a blancing finish. Midwest IPA, it's got 7% ABV, 65 IBUs. The grains are two-row Munich wheat and carapils. The hops, as I said, Michigan Michigan-grown Cascade, Citra, and Centennial. Yeast is American Ale, first brewed in 1998 and reimagined in 2015. So I got like an updated version, I guess. And it pairs well with aged cheddars, herb roasted poultry, vinaigrettes, and six o'clock. So after you get off work, you're gonna want to try one of these. The bottle on the back. I guess it actually says that Blair by Row and what it pairs well with, which is kind of cool. It also has their ABV and IBUs on there, plus the government warning. We don't we don't ever mention them on the show, but that's on a bottle of beer too. Um, bottled, brewed and bottled by New Holland Brewing Company in Holland, Michigan. And on the front, we've got the silly little Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. And a cool orange and green color. I really like the color scheme on this. The green really pops. And it has like an orange cap on it, which is really nice. A br nice bright cap to kind of like catch your eyes. Oops. As far as the beer goes, it's a nice golden kind of orange color with a nice little rim of head on top. You can see the carbonation inside of it, like the bubbles floating up to the top, so I'm gonna guess this is a little bit more carbonated, but uh, I'm gonna take a sip to find out. It is 
carbonated, but it's more. It's not as crisp as I would. I was gonna. I was thinking it would be. It's a little bit more smooth going down. As far as the flavor go or the smell goes, let me start there. Hmm. I mean, it smells like an IPA. There's not really much to. You can. I can kind of smell those hot the uh, Cascade hops and the Citra hops that I'm or used to, and you can kind of tell that it's going to be a little bit more bitter, just based on the smell. But really, I think the smell is kind of stronger than the taste. It's quite a bit more bitter on the back end that I than what I typically like. But it's got a good flavor to it. It's nice, uh, robust flavor on the palate. It's not very heavy. It kind of goes down nice and smooth, as I think I said. Overall, I think it's pretty good. But it's really nothing too special. Let me see. I'm going to check on Tapped and see if there's any good reviews. Uh, there are over 31,000 ratings. It's got a 3.77 out of 5, which is pretty good. This first review here says it's got a great bite to it, which, yeah, it does kind of have a bite to it. Um, scrolling through, a lot of people just uh, tapping it in and not really giving us anything. This guy says he's going a little mad. Oh, and I should mention, <clears throat> the reason I chose this beer is because I'm continuing the theme of the month, the Mad Marvel May, as I like to say. Last month we had, or last week, not last month, last week we had Matt Anthony and the Anger IPA from Grass, whatever that, Grass Bush or Green Bush, whatever. And now we've got a Mad Hatter. Different kind of mad, but still mad. This guy said, oh look, I'm drinking an IPA. Which, typical, typical bro drinking an IPA, I guess. Um... Uh, there's not much here to really talk about. I'm not going to go into beer advocate and all those. Uh, Steve T says, surprisingly impressed with this. Can't get enough of the hops. Solid IPA, nice and hoppy, says this next guy. A full-bodied full IPA with lots of flavor. Everything a great IPA should be. Tastes like hops. So, I mean, the people that commented seem to really enjoy it. Oops. Backed out on accident. So I'm gonna get it. Go ahead and take a couple more sips and kind of get more sense of it before I check it in. Seems the more I drink of it, the more I notice that kind of crisp bite to it, the carbonation. But there's still like this nice layer of foam on top that kind of makes it more creamy. So it's kind of got a nice balance between the two, which I'm really digging. I really taste that citrus, which I like a lot. But there's also that bitterness that I'm not fully on board with. So, at this point, I think I drank about half of it. And um, I feel like I'm confident in my rating. It's hoppy. It's smooth. It's floral. And I gave it a 3.75. I just think it's a really good IPA. It's not the greatest just slightly above average just because there's a nice balance between that creepiness and that crispness of the carbonation that it really it feels nice on the palate so yeah i would kind of suggest if you i mean i think mad hatter's I think mad hatter is a pretty popular beer so you probably already have had it 
But if you haven't, I would recommend checking it out. Just get, you don't have to get a whole six pack. Just grab one, get a mix in your next sample pack or mixed box. Just grab one of those. I think you'll really enjoy it if you're into IPAs. So now that that's done, I've talked about Iron Fist. I've talked about my beer. And uh, I just want to tell you that next week on the show is our Guardians of the Galaxy episode. So it's going to be a good one. I'm just going to say that. We haven't recorded it yet, but it's going to be a good one. We're going to watch the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Volume 2, and review that. We'll talk about all the characters. We'll talk about the first movie because we haven't talked about that on the show yet. And we've got some kind of space galaxy-themed beers to go along with it. And I'm really excited for this episode, so I hope you guys come back for it for... If you didn't listen to this episode, that you're not hearing this, so fuck you, I guess. I mean, if you did hear this, I'm not talking to you. It's those people that didn't listen. Fuck them. I hate them. They can go to hell and burn in hell. Get with the root seller, whatever the fuck, and buxecutioner. Get out of my face. I don't want to see you anymore. But all you other people that are listening right now, I love you. Uh, spread the word. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Like us. Review the... I really want you to review us on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. And it'll get us more clicks. Um, also, we uh, we talked about this before. We brewed with Bird Boy. There should be something on YouTube. If you want to see us brewing and kind of get a look at our faces, you can check that out. Uh, what else? What else? Also, our significant others, you can check out their podcast, our, our sister podcast. It's Confection Confessions. Uh, that is a fun show to listen to there if you're into more like sweets instead of beer if you're not into beer you probably, you're not listening to this and um what else i think that's it in a couple weeks we should be updating you on the summer movie wager that we talked about a couple weeks ago but as far as anything else just Stay tuned, and as always, drink up and geek out.